we're back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your relationship expert and host, Spicy Mari. And today in the G-Spot, we have, by way of Indiana, LA's rising R&B pop song bird writer Ryan McDaniel. And the crowd goes wild. (laughs) We have Ryan in here for today's episode of Five Signs That You're Not Ready for Love. Now, Ryan has released his newest heart, tugging five-track EP, Not Ready for Love, And on his new project, the singer, songwriter, producer, and actor takes listeners on his more than relatable journey of running from love, getting caught up and finally falling and later breaking up, enduring the emotional process of condemning his ex and finally moving on to better himself. Whoo, this is telenovela right there. Ryan's latest release follows 2018's Closer EP and 2019's remix to the title track Closer, featuring Alo Black, Alo Black, yeah, who's notably worked with, you're going to have to tell me with these words, Avici? Avici. Avici on Wake Me Up and SOS. Prior to his musical journey in LA, Ryan began exploring his passion in his home state of Indiana, where he learned about crossover arrangements, how to play classical piano, and to sharpen his smooth R&B vocals at a young age. Oh, so you're going to have to do a little, you know, make you do share some of the vocals with us. Let's see what we can do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ryan, when um, we, in just a second, we're going to dive into Five Signs That You're Not Ready For Love, and I'm going to get you to talk about this amazing album, but I always have to warm up our guests that are in the G spot, the guest spotlight with the spicy breakers. Mm. So um, these spice breakers, the first one is, when did you first fall in love with yourself? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, that's a really good question. I I think I've always had like a, like a quiet confidence, but I think I really settled into myself when I moved to LA. Mm. I, uh, I th- growing up, I think I was always uh, kind of living for other people, making sure, you know, I was um, doing things that my parents would approve of, friends would approve of, etc. And I think uh, I'll never forget the time where I, I just started drinking when I moved to L.A. <laughs> and my parents came to visit and we were at my birthday dinner and I've never seen my parents drink in my entire life. Maybe a glass of wine here and there. And uh, I was like, I was nervous. I was like, man, should I, I don't know if I should order a drink at this dinner. I don't know uh, what they're gonna say. I ordered a drink. I said, F it, I'm gonna order a drink. I ordered it and my dad looked at me and he said, I'll have one too. And for that, at that moment, (laughs) I was like, yo, I can be myself. And I think we've been closer ever since. What? My mom and dad both got a drink at that table. I've never seen them drink my whole life. Wow. Yeah. So maybe you stepping into your own and doing some, you know, in that moment, choosing what you wanted gave them comfort too to be able to be themselves. Yeah. I think that. And then I think they just realized, like, yo, he's really growing he's up. Man. He's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. He's a man. And I think, um, you know, not that they didn't have lives before, you know, they had kids, but um, they, you know, their lives shift as you raise kids and things like that, especially in conservative Indiana in the Midwest, you know. So I don't know. Ever since that moment, I felt like, well, dang, if my parents are good with me who I was, as I am, I'm like, that's that's when I was like, all right, I'm good. I love it. I love yeah. it. Okay, so P is for passion. You have to tell us, when did you first discover your passion? Man, I think I'm still discovering passions along mm. the way, but um, music was in, at, a, at an early age for sure. Like, I've always been able to, like, sing for whatever reason. And I think it was passed from my mom. She could sing. Um, and then I started playing pa- uh, piano when I was six. 
So I think, um, you know, that from the music aspect, that kind of, you know, took me on a journey that I've always been passionate about. And then I was an athlete uh, playing, you know, playing basketball growing up, too. So I've always had a passion for both of those. And I think, you know, that's kind of what drives everything I do. Was it an instant love for instruments? Because sometimes parents, you know, try to do right by their kids, teach them to play an instrument and the kid's not really feeling it. Yeah. Do you think parents should release and like let go and not force their kids to learn the instrument if they don't like it? No, I think uh, it definitely wasn't an instant love. I think I was I was decent at it, but I didn't love it until I was about 16 years old. Oh, it took and a while. I, yeah, it took a while. Like it was, you know, they're like, it was every week. My mom's like, all right, piano lessons. I'm like, I don't want to go, but I'll <laughs> go. And you know, I got, I got decent over time, but I remember the moment where uh, in my, in my high school, there was like a, like a music uh, wing of the school. And I would always just go there and do my thing, just kind of play. And I started drawing crowds. Um, on, on our breaks and when women started to really love it oh I went back home and I was like mom when are my piano lessons right. like I, I need this <laughs> she was like what are you talking about like you never want to go to piano lessons and I was like no no I love piano I'm using this as a part like, of my game mom yeah, come on nah, like I love piano when are, when are lessons so oh that's yeah. hilarious <laughs> that's when it clicked for me you're like oh the ladies like this okay <laughs> no yeah. all right so what is your biggest turn on eyes for intimacy what's your biggest turn on oh man oh that's tough i think um i don't know there's something about a quiet confidence you know uh i, I think there's just something that's really telling about that a woman that um, you know, knows how to carry herself and she's not like doing it for anyone else. Uh, I think you can like see that immediately. Um, what does that look like? Man, it looks like her doing her own thing and making decisions based on, you know, what she wants. Like whether it's, it's not about, you know, how much attention she can get by, you know, posting a certain picture or like, or, you know, showing up a certain way at a certain crowd or wanting to be in a certain scene. Like she does what's on her heart at, when it's on her heart. I think that's what turns me on the most. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. So ladies, look, you got to move to the beat <laughs> of your own drum. That's a turnoff for him. Yeah. Okay. Next question is C for communication. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Whew. <laughs> Uh, He's like, there's so many ladies. There are so many. There's like so few. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, I don't know, man. I've uh, like physical. Or are you talking about just, just the best in compliment that made you smile? That made you feel like, dang, I'm kind of the bomb. Like, what's the best compliment someone gave you? I think uh, recently somebody gave me a, a confident. I mean, a um, a compliment. Just saying, like, I think um, people underestimate like your value of bringing people together and making people feel comfortable hmm. uh, in, in their skin. Uh, and I, I felt like, I was like oh, nobody's ever told me that, but I'm glad you noticed. That's a value. Is it, were they on point though? That's a value of yours? I, I, I do think that like, that's something I do. Like, I, I feel like a lot of times I'm the glue to a lot of friendships and a lot of, you know, relationships. Like, by the way, you're not the only relationship expert. I got, <laughs> got a couple marriages under my belt too. So, <laughs> but no, I, I, I love bringing people together and, and making people feel like, you know, you're, you're welcome yeah. regardless of, you know, your background, who you are, what you do, like, you know, so. I love it. I love it. Okay. And last is share a time when you conquered a fear. This is why for yes. When did you say yes to the unknown? When did you conquer a fear? Man, I think, um, 
I've, I've done that a few times. I think one of the biggest ones was obviously moving to L.A., mm -hmm. um, you know, being from Indiana and you see uh, a lot of people kind of go in the same circles over and over and then eventually their passion dies out. I think for me it was, it was uh, you know, taking a big step and just moving out here, um, getting a job, you know, working and, you know, always in your head you're like, yo, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a musician. And you never think about like what it takes to actually survive in that city. And I think uh, being in L.A., it's, it, it's, uh, it has a great way of humbling you mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and allowing you to uh, not only be yourself, but kind of overcome your fears. You know, and as you definitely learn to multitask while you're here. <laughs> you yes. Have true job, true job. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy to see, you know, everybody grind and, and the things that you do, like the things that I never thought I would be doing. But, you know, you, you learn how to grind for sure. Because you got to, yeah, you got to push yourself. Absolutely. Okay, so today's episode is dedicated also to your album. <laughs> uh, to, because though you even mentioned in your bio, the entire thing is kind of about your relationship journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I do want to know, and I listened to it. I love it. We're going to play a little bit about thank you know you, of it you. right now so that I can pick your brain about it. Not ready for love yet, baby. But we can one time, yeah, baby. I'm loving your vibe, yeah, baby. But it don't mean you're mine now, baby. We should hit the club, yeah, it's alright. And we can pull it up, yeah, all night. If that ain't enough for you later, then we should hit the hotel later. I see what you want, I know what you want. You look at me, loving the way that you touch me. I would if I could give you everything. But you know that's not what I'm on I'm scared that you might do me wrong At Lakers you just never know Cause they'll make you question it all Say oh yeah, oh yeah Living my best life Say oh yeah, oh yeah And right now it feels like I'm ready for love, yeah baby But we can one time, yeah baby I'm loving your vibe, yeah baby But it don't mean you're mine now, baby We should hit the club, yeah it's alright and we can pull it up, yeah, all night If that ain't enough for you later Then we should hit the hotel later I've been broken hearted Okay, so I'm sure you, just like me, love that song You're probably bumping to it um, You can get, of course, his entire album Because it's five songs on there? Five songs, Five songs, yep. Okay, Not Ready for Love, Paper Stats, Quicksand, Got me and heartless. Yeah. All right. I'm a value. I was literally last night evaluating these titles with my sister and I'm like, hmm, okay. We're definitely going to talk about the main one, which I feel like is a club banger, not ready for love uh -huh. yeah. and title that this entire episode around it, because I was listening to some of the lyrics. There's a couple times where you were saying, you know, you were heartbroken. You're not ready for love. But if she wants to go to the hotel, you're down. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. what happened to you? <laughs> to make you not ready for love. Well. Because when I met you originally, you were in a relationship. I was, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. has changed. That has changed, yeah. So What happened? Um, so obviously a breakup happened. And uh, I it was probably like, what, eight months or so ago. And then I finally decided to go write about it. And um, and so it's it's interesting because not ready for love. It comes up first on the EP, but it's actually like the last of the of the uh, emotional roller coaster mm. like to me you go through like all those emotions and like you whether you're mad sad happy whatever then you get to a place where you know it's uh you're over it and you're ready to move on but you're not ready for anything serious just mm. yet 
And so that's how Not Ready for Love came. So it's not that I'm not ready for love in life in general, but at that moment, uh, just kind of getting over that situation, it was like, all right, you know, I'm good, but I'm not necessarily ready for love just yet. How did you acknowledge that, though? Because you coming from a serious relationship, usually two things happen when you're going through a breakup. Some people feel like the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. Other people want to just hibernate and not be with anyone whatsoever. How did you know which one was best for you? Yeah, I think uh, I think I've definitely felt both. But for this one, I think that the first one is more like if it's a situation where you've been maybe talking to somebody for a couple months and it's not like super serious. Um, but this one was more serious. And I feel like um, I was definitely more emotionally invested in this relationship, probably more so than I've ever been. Uh, and so for a long time, it was me not wanting to be, you know, bothered by nobody or not really like even if you have options or you like you don't really want. And that's how I kind of knew what I had was real um, because I hadn't really felt that before. Mm, so would you say that you were in love? Yeah, for sure. And how did you know that you while you were in the relationship, did you know that you were in love? Yeah. Yeah. I did. What were the signs of that for you? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I think. The, one of the, the biggest signs was that you start doing things that you wouldn't normally do. Uh, for me, uh, it was communication. Communication is, is like a, a big piece of that. And I think that was something that I really had to work on. And in prior relationships, I, uh, I wasn't as willing to like work on it because mm -hmm. I just felt like, you know, you need to understand how I communicate. Yeah. Uh, but in this relationship, like I, I took in the feedback and I was like, you know what? All right, that makes sense. Let me work on this. Uh, and so, yeah, I just think it's like when you are willing to work on things that you wouldn't normally uh, work on in, mm. in other relationships, like that kind of gave me a, uh, a inkling that maybe this could be something special. Maybe Ryan is a relationship expert after all, because <laughs> <laughs> one of the signs of you even recognizing if you're not ready for love or if you're in a relationship with someone who isn't really ready for love is that they aren't capable of being vulnerable and open yeah. to change. Yeah. They're not capable of being empathetic to your needs and they're very self-centered yeah. and only focused on what they want and how they're going to get it and not so much about their partner. And it's okay sometimes to operate from a place of selfishness, but when you get into a relationship, it's two people that have to function together yeah, and yeah. some form of compromise that has to happen. So I'm sure you were stepping outside of your comfort zone, doing new things, communicating in new ways. So that yeah. was a great sign that you at the moment were in love and ready for it. For sure. Absolutely. And so give me another example of how you knew that you were in love. Um, I think like in my mind and you know, I don't know if if you're ever really ready to take like that next step. Like sometimes I feel like you just have to dive into it. But I think I was I was getting to that place in my mind where I was like, okay, this could actually go to the next step. And I started like thinking about the future and like how it how making that step would affect the future. Like just me even having those thoughts for me personally was like, yo, this is uh this is different. Mm -hmm. You know. So I think uh, that was just another another way of me knowing. So. In, while you're in the relationship, you were in a position where you were thinking long term. Mm -hmm. Now you're out of a relationship and you're not in a situation where you maybe are planning a future with anyone. Right, right. When you're going out and you're meeting women now, are you telling them like, nah, 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 I'm not ready for love? Like, 
we can date, but I'm not there. I'm not there. I'll just yeah, listen to my album. That's what I do. Like, I'll listen to my album. You'll know how to, you know, how we can do this. No. It's on Spotify. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me give you the name. And all um, but no, I, I think some, it depends on like how deep it goes, right? Like if, if you start hanging out with one person, you know, um, multiple times or whatnot, like there's probably more in-depth conversations. It's not something that comes up at the bar, having a drink typically like on the first meet. But I think, you know, um, it, it just depends on how invested, you know, I get in the situation, but yeah. Knowing that you're not in a position yet where you're like ready to recommit right the second to someone mm -hmm. else or with someone who makes you feel that way. If a woman starts dating you and you let her know I'm not ready for love, mm -hmm. But she thinks that there's the potential of changing your mind. Mm -hmm. Is she at fault or do you hold yourself accountable for knowing that someone wants more from you than what you have to offer at the moment? I wouldn't necessarily say she's at fault. I think I think setting expectations are like one of the most important things. Mm, and spicy tip right there. Hey, you talk about it. Uh, but yeah, I think as long as I do my due diligence and set the expectations like, yo, this is where I'm at. Um, if you still feel like you can overcome that challenge, then um, at some point, I guess it is, you know, your own responsibility if it doesn't go the way you thought. Um, I guess on my end, too, I could probably take some of that um, responsibility and uh -huh. maybe just pull out. And, <laughs> that part. That's yeah. the part that we really need to get yeah, to. I'm yeah. like, wait, so you're saying you told her, but you're now challenging her if she, you know, to thinking if she's capable and <laughs> you're still going to take regardless, even though you know that she's probably not. Yeah, I think it's, it, I, I really do think it depends on the situation. If I feel like it's someone where, um, where it really could be special, uh, if it was different time, mm -hmm. like I'm probably more conscious about messing up that, that relationship or, or, uh, letting that person get that kind of feelings, knowing that we can't go there. Mm. But if I don't feel like it's anything like that, I set expectations mm -hmm. and see what happens. Talk to me about a broken heart. You felt like your heart was broken. How did the broken come about? Mm -hmm. And then tell me how you recovered from it. Mm, great question. So um, again, I think knowing that it was broken, like the there's feelings that you get from a broken heart that I personally have never really experienced. And I think, you know, being as vulnerable as I was, mm -hmm. which is something that I don't, I, that I've never done in the past and, in, in, you know, in a relationship, um, you know, standpoint, uh, knowing that I was there and did everything that I could mm -hmm. do in that moment to, to, you know, bring the two together and it's still not worked. Like, I guess there's probably a couple different feelings you can get from that. But I think for me, it was more like um, almost a sense of defeat, like, when when you when you don't have uh when you're not able to control something mm -hmm. uh it, it kind of feels a little helpless right yeah so i think um it was mixed that emotion mixed with like a couple others you know i think well that's what love is giving someone the power to hurt you but trusting yeah. that they won't yeah yeah so but we want to know the juice how the hell did she break your heart well <laughs> so, what did she do so i mean I'll, I'll be very transparent so i was dating someone that um was actually a, a muslim egyptian woman mm -hmm. and um you know i think ultimately we just could not get on the same page in terms of like what our future would look like and there's certain you know, parts that would 
um, you know, I frankly, like someone would probably have to sacrifice a little bit more mm -hmm. and we couldn't find that balance. And so, you know, we kind of put a timeline on it and, you know, and when we got to that, that time, like we couldn't, if we couldn't figure it out after this long, like, you know, it, it just what, wasn't what, right. what, what do you say sacrifice? What does that mean? What had to be sacrificed? Um, you know, whether it was the way we, we raised kids, if we were to have kids, um, um, I don't know, the celebrating religions, like we're super open about that, but I think, um, you know, in, in that culture, it's sometimes, um, it's really tough for the woman to step outside of their culture. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel like in Arab, in the Arab community, um, just because they were raised in, in such a way where like, you know, that I think they're really looked down upon if they step outside of that. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, on my end, we're, we have a little bit more freedom to kind of make certain decisions. What's your end? We don't know what oh, religion sorry, you are. As, What's as your As faith? a Christian. Okay. As a Christian. Christian man. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously we there's need certain... a little context because, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. yeah, for we sure. can imagine anything. You know, yes. LA's diverse. <laughs> yeah. So, no, as a, as a Christian man, I think, you know, obviously there's certain stipulations and certain, um, you know, ways of living that you're supposed to go about. But I feel like in 2019 in America, right. you know, we have a little bit more freedom to kind you're of like step YOLO, outside love of thy that. neighbor. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was just really tough. It was a tough situation. And, I, you know, I, I know the EP could probably come off as like it's someone's fault. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really don't look at it that way. I probably look at it more of just like it's just a really tough situation and we weren't able to overcome it. How did you know when it was time to end, though? Um, because we had had that conversation for probably far too long. Mm. The fact that we couldn't figure that out and we dated for almost three and a half years. So the fact that we couldn't come to a conclusion after that long. Um, and, you know, I think it, it just it's not supposed to be that tough. And in, in my opinion, there's a lot of people who aren't open even to. Mm -hmm taking the leap that you did with mm -hmm. dating outside of their faith. Some yeah. people it's race, some people it's religion, some people, you know. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you give to people who are dating someone of a different faith? <laughs> well, it's hard for me to give advice because <laughs> <laughs> clearly mine didn't work out. Because if you could have told yourself, <laughs> if you could have told your old, your former self yeah. some advice of what you know now, yeah. what advice would you have given your you know previous self before you started dating her? I think... Probably going, I so one, I pro, I never expected to be in a situation like that. I, mm -hmm. I don't think, you know, ever growing up, I would have thought that I would have been in that situation. So uh, I would say just like being open to change, really, really like, and understanding different cultures, understanding uh, different values, um, you know, understanding what people value most and, and uh, knowing how to adjust to that. Um, and just being honest with myself, I think is, is probably the biggest thing, just being honest with myself. Would you be open to dating someone out of your faith again, though, after that experience? Yeah, I think I think love is love at the end of the day. But I, I think, you know, you just have to really figure out how to find a strike a balance. Um, and, you know, and without allowing or you want to allow someone to be themselves mm -hmm. wholly and bring themselves to that relationship, you know, every day, uh, you know, as as whoever they are. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. It's just it just we have got to find the right balance. You did know? you ever think that you were going to be able to convert her to Christianity or did she ever think she was going to be able to convert you? Uh, well, I, I never tried to convert her to Christianity because I, I again, I think that's one of the things that like that's what makes her unique. That's mm -hmm. what you know, she 
she is an Arab Muslim woman. So, and I, I fell in love with that woman. So I, I don't need to, I didn't want to convert her to something that she's not because it's not who I fell for. Um, but I think sometimes in their community, it's a little, it's kind of expected. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say like she, she put the full court press on trying to make that happen. But I, I mean, we've, we certainly had discussions about it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Are you still heartbroken today? I am good today. How did you get to a place where you are good? How did you heal from the heartbreak? I went and wrote an EP called Not Ready for Love. <laughs> so it sounds like you got creative and found an outlet to express yourself. Yeah, no, I think uh, to be honest, this was one of the, another fear that that I was kind of getting over, which was like absolutely being vulnerable on songs. And I know it sounds crazy because that's what singer songwriters yeah. do, you know, or supposed to do, but. You know, I think a lot of times we get caught up in trying to, you know, write for what we think people would want to hear, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think it's a part of my journey to that I had to overcome that and like write about what's really on my heart at the time. And I think um, it was probably it took me about five or six months. And then one day I reached out to the writers that I work with and I was like, all right, I got something I need to talk mm. about. We got in the studio and we did this in about uh, about a month. Did she hear the album knowing oh, this is about me? I did that. So <laughs> so I had played the EP. This is kind of crazy, but I had played the EP for a couple of people, a couple of friends, and they all said, yo, has she heard it? And like that reaction made me feel like I didn't want to surprise it on her. Yeah. And so I actually reached out and played it for her. Oh, that was nice of you. Yeah. A little consideration. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. So I, I she did. was the motivation behind. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want it. I didn't want there to be any surprises. So I did. I, I went and played it for her and, you know, just let her know that it was coming. So, yeah. Dang, I'm disappointed now myself because I should have totally been dating a singer before I got married because there would be an album <laughs> out right now. I didn't break enough hearts and I didn't break them for you, the right people. You could have had a full <laughs> album, probably multiple because you, you kind you of You know what I'm saying? Dang, why do I have to go for the, dang, the, the square corporate ones? Dang it. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about the album and how you or what you what do you expect for people to gain from this album? Because there had to be some concern, like you said, of the vulnerability. Yeah. But what are we supposed to take from it? How are we supposed to feel after listening to it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the biggest things is for people to understand that they're not the only ones going through that situation and to be able to try to find comfort in the fact that like, you know, there's there's other people going through that situation. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be OK. Um, and then, yeah, the fact that it's going to be OK, yeah. you know, with time, you know, things will heal and uh, you'll be able to move on. So it kind of sucks in the moment. And you'll go through a lot of different, um, you know, emotions uh, with it, whether it's sad, happy or not happy, but sad, angry. Um, you know, there's a lot of different emotions that come with it. But ultimately, you just got to let yourself heal and it'll be OK. Other than writing, because not all of us are professional poets that can make music out mm -hmm. of our thought process. Other than writing, was there anything else that you did as an outlet in order to recover from the heartbreak? Uh, I think um, kind of dove into my work. Um, I, I still work as well. That's one of those things we we're talking about. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true LA -er at this point, <laughs> working multiple jobs. But yeah, diving into that and then just kind of focusing on myself. I think uh, that was really important because sometimes in relationships, you kind of uh, not lose yourself, but you spend a lot of time trying to make sure that the other person is is okay yeah and so i think this was a good time for me to do some self-reflection and kind of uh, get to know myself better and really understand what i'm looking for what i want 
Um, what did your social life look like during the heartbreak? Like you going through the healing process? Yeah, it was, it was all over the place. Some weeks it was turning up. Some, some weeks it was like, I'm chilling in the apartment. Like you never know. Like it, it was like a wide range of, of, uh, social, <laughs> social emotions, I would say. So yeah, some days I want, I just wanted to be with the guys and we go do what we do. Um, and then some days, you know, I'm, I'm chilling and watching movies and whatever. Well, what Ryan is referring to is similar to an emotional roller coaster of what they're feeling going through a heartbreak, going through a form of trauma. And so a spicy tip of being able to recognize if you're not ready for love is someone or acknowledging even whether it's you or the other person that you're with or potentially dating and considering is having an emotional roller coaster ride of feelings and not processing or working through those. Um, some people are afraid to even seek outside help or assistance in working through their emotional trauma. Maybe it's a therapist, um, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend, but when a person is unwilling to acknowledge the pain or of past experiences, that's another sign that they're not ready for love. Um, and it sounds like you have been working through that and yeah, you did it through yeah. your music, you know, you found a creative outlet, but if someone is not open to the acknowledgement component and the accountability of their role within that pain, yeah. that's another sign that someone isn't ready for love, that unresolved trauma. Yeah. Okay. Introducing the all-new and totally reimagined 2020 Ford Explorer. It's built for modern exploration. Whether venturing across country or simply across town, over various terrains or through rough weather, it's all good. The Ford Explorer is specifically designed for comfort, confidence, and a whole lot of style. Ready to explore more? The 2020 Ford Explorer, the greatest exploration vehicle of all time. Built Ford Proud. You're probably listening to this podcast because you're trying to improve your relationships. Maybe you're someone who is striking out on dates. Maybe it's time to build some relationships at work and you're up for a promotion or you just want to get along better with your family members. <laughs> well, if meeting the right person or making connections seems daunting for you, then chances are the Spicy Life Relationship Consulting Firm can help. Did you know that studies actually show that forming and maintaining healthy relationships leads to a fulfilling and healthier life? The Spicy Life program not only educates you on how to connect more effectively, but also provides you with the tools to date and form relationships with success. The Spicy Life program is a 90-day, five-step transformative dating and relationship training program based on the Spicy Fundamentals. And the Spicy Fundamentals, S-P-I-C-Y, stand for self, passion, intimacy, communication, and learning to say yes. So based on your relationship goals and needs, you guys, I will guide you through your customized action plan to incorporate excitement, adventure back into your personal experiences. Yes, your interpersonal experiences are crucial in building relationships. So in addition, you'll have access to a diverse team of experts who specialize in relationship coaching, life coaching, matchmaking, image consulting, astrology, and online dating profiles. So if you are ready to transform your perspectives and fuel your connections, schedule a 30-minute no-cost consultation today at thespicylife.com. That's T-H-E-S-P-I-C-Y-L-I-F-E.com. Okay, talk to me about how your other past relationships affected your current situation. Was there any other trauma or baggage in your life in previous relationships that got you to this place of heartbreak or 
self, you know, acknowledgement and realization about how you handle relationships? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, <laughs> I've definitely had some relationships where kind of made me think. And I think dating in LA, I'm sure you've spoke about it on here, probably plenty or probably more <laughs> than you would like to talk about. But uh, dating in LA is is certainly unique. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that have happened or that I've seen. It may not have necessarily happen to me, but just like um, this, uh, the simple like trust, mm -hmm. like I just, I, and maybe I'm naive coming from Indiana, but I just always felt like, you know, everybody was doing what they say they do and they are where they oh, are. And poor thing. Yeah, yeah, I had to grow <laughs> on up. I had to grow on up because that certainly ain't it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think uh, a lot of those situations I've, I've learned for, I've, I've definitely had to be more careful about who I give uh, time and attention to. And, and I don't know, I, I think deep down, I feel like I am somebody that's, uh, you know, uh, ready to love, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm a little bit more choosy on, on uh, who I'm loving. It's all, I mean, it's a, but it's also a learning lesson as well. You yeah. have to go through those dating experiences Absolutely. to understand how to manage your personal life. Yeah. When it comes to the trust though, was their behavior rubbing off on you? So you may have experienced women that you couldn't trust. Mm -hmm. Did you then in turn go and now you're an untrustworthy person and now you're acting in a way or behaving in a way that yeah. now becomes untrustworthy. Yeah, I've definitely been petty. I've, I've, de <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely had some petty times in my life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, like you said, it's all a part of the learning curve, right? Like, I mean, you do that and then you really sit back and, and, and reflect on it. And you're like, what did I really get out of that? Like, yeah, she might've, she might've felt it for a little bit, but like, what did that really do for the situation? What did it even do for me? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I really didn't, I don't really get comfort or excitement out of seeing someone else go through pain or, or, or hurt. That's not really my thing, except for those, you know, very few times when I might decide to be a little petty, but I try not to do that often. Uh, but <laughs> It's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. <laughs> but what happens though, when we are experiencing situation after situation of disappointment or yeah, rejection yeah. or, um, a lack of trust in our dating and relationship experiences, we go into the next one with that same baggage, yeah. already feeling like that person's going to do that. And now we're operating from a place of having a fear of intimacy, yeah. which is another way to recognize if you or someone that you're interested in isn't ready for love. Mm -hmm. The fear of intimacy stops you from being honest, yeah. from being yeah. vulnerable and even transparent. And transparency is giving information even if it's not asked. Yeah. So we think like, oh, well, I was honest, but if the person doesn't ask you, were you still honest or did you still give the information? And so we operate like in secrecy because we think everybody's out to hurt us. So then we start hurting others. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I, I would I went out to hurt others, but I think, you know, there's a lot of times where definitely withheld information and not as open, like you said, and, and, and maybe as uh, transparent mm -hmm. as I would have been with someone that I, that I truly trusted and, and whatnot. But um, I don't know, I guess that's a part of the process. Right? It, it, like, it definitely is. Yeah. We're all guilty of it. I've done it. Someone's hurt me and I'm like, Ooh, the next one I'm going to be, you know, way right. more on my P's and Q's. And like we start to internalize it and we start to project it and put that yeah. on others. And we stop giving people chance after chance to hurt us. Yeah. And that's where the fear of intimacy comes. So if you or someone you're interested in or love is dealing with a fear of intimacy, you know, that's another opportunity for 
you to practice sharing, caring, you know, encouraging them to potentially get therapy to work through that. Um, mm. Past relationships, though, how many exes have you had? Like real <laughs> healthy relationships. How many relationships have you had? That's, uh, I would say like real, like real, real relationships. Like you call them your girlfriend. Uh, probably about, probably like, I don't know. We starting after, we got to be after or college or up, right? College and up. Yeah, college and up. I would say maybe about three or four. Okay. Yeah. And how many of them were healthy? I would like to think that they all started healthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I, for the most part, I think they have all been somewhat healthy. I would say probably about 80% of them have been healthy. Define healthy. Healthy as in like, I'm not, um, fighting with you mm -hmm. every single day. And we're not just like doing this just because we've been in a relationship and we don't want to deal with the breakup part of it. Like, um, you know, like genuinely trying to work on issues is what I kind of defined as, as healthy and, and not, not even, or sometimes not even having issues. Like sometimes, you know, you, you with someone, but you guys just aren't on the same page and it's, it wasn't necessarily like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it was healthy, but it was also healthy in the fact that we could discuss that we weren't on the same page and we determined that we probably weren't best for each so other. So communication and honesty is important for you. Now tell me about that 20% mm -hmm. that was unhealthy. I want to know that juice. What were oh, you doing? Man. How are you living? I think, you know, I probably was being a little petty. <laughs> I think, um, you let know, it out, let it yeah, out. I, uh, you know, when I was younger, I definitely wasn't, um, you know, the stand-up man that I that I try to be today. Um, you know, I've definitely made some mistakes and, and things like that. Um, and I think it, that's went both ways. <laughs> so, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how I, you know, should have operated or, or responded to, to the situation. So, yeah. Have you ever cheated on anyone? Yeah. Yeah, when I was younger. And have you been cheated on? Yes. Why did you cheat? Whew. That's a great question. I think there was like a there was like a moment in time where you really felt like having as many girls as you could was like the dope thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then I think over time, like as I got older, I was like, that really ain't that cool. Like, like I would rather, you know, have experiences, build all these experiences with one person and, and build that type of relationship. Um, than to just be with as many people as possible, like, and not having any connection, you know, like, I guess it, it's fun in the moment, but like, I, as the older I get, the, the more it's, that's not really important. When you were cheating or living in secrecy without the girls maybe knowing right at that moment, mm -hmm. how did it make you feel about yourself? Um, yeah, I th afterwards, it's, it's, you, you kind of like question like, why? Why, like, yeah. why did I even do that? I wouldn't even... You know, it wasn't even worth it or it like there's no emotional attachment you went through. I think sometimes you just like the chase, like especially when I was younger, like that chase felt like it was something that, you know, was fun and, it you know, I don't know, exciting. Um, but yeah, now I like the chase for for like something special. So it's a it's a much different chase. So your chase now is more for the security and stability, the what, yeah. what are you chasing? What's your chase look like now? Yeah, security, stability. I think, you know, really trying to find somebody you can trust mm -hmm. is, uh, is, 
it's a lot tougher than most people might think uh, <laughs> in this L.A. dating. So. so trust has become one of your core values oh, now? Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why you see or hear, let me say here, <laughs> I see him, you don't. Um, although he's very handsome, we're going to post um, his photo on oh, thank you, thank <laughs> on, you, on, on the podcast episode. <laughs> but why you hear me asking him these questions is because it should be a conversation that you guys are having when you're considering dating someone. A lot of times we want to avoid asking about people's past relationships because we don't want to make them uncomfortable or you don't want to judge them for their past. The point of the questions are not to judge. The point of the questions about asking about someone's past is to see how they handled mistakes, if they took accountability, how they handled conflict resolution, how they processed their emotions and processed their experiences. You're not asking to pry and be nosy. You're asking so that you can see how this person takes situations, reflects, and then changes from what they learned in those circumstances and in those situations and potentially what they're capable of doing with you. But the reason why you don't judge is because we've all made mistakes in our past. We've all had some form of cheating or been cheated on. So we don't judge what it is, is, okay, did you learn from that experience? And that's how you assess. That's how you decide. So one of the ways that you can also tell that someone's not ready for love is looking at badly formed relationships from their past and finding out from them if they know to do better and then looking at their actions of are their actions showing that they're capable of doing better by what they're revealing and is it in alignment with what they said that they wanted to do or who they wanted to become. Yeah. And so I was putting you in, you know, the, the hot spot right now. Making she was you, definitely judging making me, you, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> It was more for my audience. It was for my listeners. It was for you guys, my friends at home that like are listening because a lot of times we want to just avoid because we also don't want to share about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We don't want them prying. So we don't pry into theirs. Yeah. When both of you guys can learn from those past experiences. And in return, you should ask me back, well, have you ever cheated? And how did you handle that? What did you learn from that? Are what you, did you value then? Are you saying I then? should ask you that right now? <laughs> or okay, if we were dating, that would have been a good, like that would have been a great opportunity. It sounds, you know, my time with you was limited, so it may have felt like I was drilling you, no, but I'm trying good. to get as much information out of you as possible. You no, know? I think that's that's very valid point. I, I think that's very valid. If, if you're not learning from your past, then what are you doing? Um, exactly. And we're giving yeah. them tips right now in order to recognize if they're not ready and if there's shame in them sharing their experiences, yeah. they're definitely not ready. If there is yeah. if there is shame, you're going to internalize that. There's going to be a lack of confidence in the relationship. You're going to feel too as if you're a fraud, being afraid of being found out. But if it isn't who you are and who you have become, yeah. then you should be operating from a place of safety and security. And if the person does judge you or doesn't want to be with you because of your past, 1000%. Well, you've learned from that. Let's move on to the next to yeah. someone who can appreciate for you, you know, you for who you have become. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think um, it, I used to be that way mm -hmm. when I was young. I felt like I needed to hide everything. But I think um, I started realizing like the, the people that I look up to and I feel like the people that everybody looks up to. The reason we look up to them is because they made a mistake and they were able to able to overcome it yeah. and and be successful in whatever way that they are. And so like, I, I don't understand, or I, I mean, I, when I was young, I didn't understand it, but now I, I feel like I don't understand why people feel like they have to be perfect mm -hmm. when they look up to people because they're not perfect. So I, I really try to, you know, take that and, and really, you know, kind of uh, work off that. 
So. How was your self-esteem feeling when you were going through the heartbreak? Did you feel at any point like this is my fault? I'm not good enough. I couldn't make her change. We couldn't get on the same page. Yeah. Did you ever internalize that and let it affect your self-esteem? I think slightly. There were times where you think where I thought about it, you know, think about that aspect and, you know, um, but ultimately, I mean, I just I think how I overcame it was the fact that I know I did everything I could do. Mm -hmm. And at some point I got to look at them like, well, you don't you don't understand what you're missing out on. And it took me a while to get there. Um, but yeah, I certainly had times where I was, you know, like, damn, what am, what am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, like, am I really not good enough? Um, but I don't think that's not healthy for sure. It wasn't for me. And I quickly overcame that. <laughs> because he's a confident person. But for those of you who may be struggling with self-esteem and if it yeah. is lower, you're potentially dating someone with low self-esteem. That's the other, the, the last five of those signs of how you can recognize that you're not ready for love is you having or operating from a place of extreme criticism of yourself, yeah. of not being able to see any of the positive or being optimistic about what you have to offer and you know what you're capable of. If it's all negative, negative, that rubs off on the other person. Yeah. Um, and which is why you took time out of from you know from dating and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, let me get my stuff together. Because if you're low, you're only gonna attract other people who are low. Absolutely. Because only other people with low self-esteem are gonna be willing to deal with you. <laughs> yep, yep, very true. So um, you wanna make sure that you raise that so that you can have the best potential relationship possible by focusing on self-love like you did, yeah. worshiping yourself, because clearly you are in a great place now. You have an album uh, and it's amazing. Well, thank you. So, you know, you guys, I want to make sure that you too have access to it. Um, where is your album at? Like, how can everybody like get a hold of it? Yeah, so it's uh, on Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Ryan McDaniel. Uh, social media is I am Ryan McDaniel, I-A-M-R-Y-A-N. M C D A N I E L uh, on on every social media platform. So yeah, we're uh, we're continuing to release new music. Uh, I have a video coming soon that I'm really excited about. Um, and yeah, so it's it's. Do it's I get everywhere. to be in the in the video in the club, like popping bottles with you? I mean, listen, you are in a <laughs> happy relationship. You you can't be out here popping bottles in what the club right now. I'm still living my the... best life. My <laughs> husband knows what he signed up for. No, of course Spicy you can. Mati. I, don't, I don't think it would be lit without you. So we got to make it happen. Okay. Before I let you go, though, I have to make you do the naked truth, mm. which is um, some additional extra spicy questions. But you have Ooh. to give us a little, you know, revealing of yourself. If you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? That's really tough. Any? Any superpower. I think I would have the ability to understand and blend in to any culture mm. in the world. Ooh, I love that. Dang, that's a good one. Yeah, ain't nobody ever said that. Nobody one, huh? said that Talk one yet. About okay. It. <laughs> That's a really good one. Okay, if you could travel back in time and relive the best thing that ever happened to you, when would you travel to? Oh, man. What's the experience? The best thing that's ever happened to me? Your happiest moment. You know what? It, okay. I would say my happiest moment where uh, I was in Sweden for a friend's wedding, and it was off the western coast of Sweden, and... 
I don't know what it was, but it was something about that space and being like not having cell phone service and not having uh, to worry about mm. anything that just kind of gave me like this freedom that I don't I don't think I've felt since. But like looking at the star, I'm not even like a huge nature person, <laughs> but I'm like out here in the woods, like looking at the stars and like the, the moon is like right on top of the lake. And I'll, I'll never forget that moment. I, I, I felt like um, that's probably a place that I, I need to get back to. Like you unplugged that freedom, for the matrix. That, that unplugged. Um, yeah, being unplugged. Yeah. Love that. Okay. And then last, uh, you can body swap with anyone for just the day. Whose life are you living for just the day? <laughs> oh, man. That's really, really, really who tough. You, who are you hopping into? I'm probably hopping into... <sighs> probably Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx? Yeah, really? Well, yeah. because he could sing and act. And man, man, that is my I already, dude. Yes. I love that dude, man. I think he's, he's pretty brilliant. Yeah, after Stevie Wonder, like Jamie Foxx is my number two in terms of like idol. Like I Who just, was number one? Stevie Wonder. Oh, I thought you meant after he played Stevie Wonder, but he didn't play Stevie Wonder. He no, played, he played Ray. Ray. Yeah, yeah. He played Ray. I, I was thinking blind. I saw the glasses. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. but Stevie Wonder is... He's number one. Number one, and then Jamie Foxx is number two. Jamie Foxx is number two, but I think for a day, I, w I, would, I, I would have to be Jamie. Love that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Stevie Wonder is amazing, but he it would be a little whole yeah, like harder to be mobile because he's older now. <laughs> so maybe younger Stevie Wonder, yeah. but that's if, dope. If it I had to James. be a, a full on concert or writing music only, uh -huh. it would be Stevie. It'd be Stevie. But for everything and the full experience, you got the you gotta, actor, the singer, you be Jamie, yeah, the man. artist, everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Jamie's voice is amazing. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Okay, so one more time for everybody who may have tuned out for just a second, we want to make sure that they can all find you. Yeah. Tell us one more time where they can get your album and how can they follow you? Apple Music, Spotify, uh, I am Ryan McDaniel or on on uh, as an artist, Ryan McDaniel. Uh, not Ready for Love on, on those platforms. And then my social media, uh, all outlets um, are I am Ryan McDaniel. All right, and you guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at SpicyMari. You can go to thespicylife.com, click and subscribe, download this episode, share it with a friend, loved one, even a friend of me, help them be a better person. Uh, and there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.